Can I get an amen? You got an amen? Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Hey, y'all. Welcome to Can I Get an Amen? We are hoping that anytime you tune in with us, we're leaving you a little bit better than you were before we found you. In our podcast, we hope to ignite something inside of you as we share our passion for personal growth, finding our God-given talents and gifts in this world, and also our love for living an intentional life. And that something sparks inside of you um, makes you, you know, shout out. Amen. Amen. Oh my gosh, Christy. You should feel my butt. It is so strong. It's because I've been working out at Form Fitness (laughs) with Josh, dude. And that was the best yes I think I've had in forever. Like, I feel so good. Uh, My mind, my body, my spirit, everything just feels on fire right now. Like, literally, because it's burning, because I'm, like, out of shape. And it's getting me back in shape. Um, But it's awesome. So, tell the people. Tell the people why they need to come work out with us. So Josh through Form Fitness provides one-on-one or small group training. So whether you want to work out by yourself and hit your individual goals or bring your favorite people with you, it's beautiful because we start and end with prayer. And even through the middle, we talk about scripture. So it's a great way to hit all those elements of our mind, body, and spirit. On top of that, it's all held in a private setting, whether it's our garage or yours. He'll come to you wherever you are to make it easy. And all are welcome. Kids, young adults, older population, anyone who wants to increase their strength and fitness and improve their balance. Mm-hmm. I love it. Y'all need to get with Josh. We will link his Instagram and his Facebook page. This is going to be your best yes, too. I can promise you that. Founded on faith, formed by fitness. That's what I'm talking Y'all about. check him out. Good holy God. We trust in you. We give you thanks uh, for uh, the awesome power of media. Uh, that we get to engage and share in community so quickly. Uh, I thank you for the efforts to make this uh, show a reality. Uh, Lord, uh, bless this apostolate. Uh, may it touch many souls in the way that you wish it to to touch. And Lord, make us just ready re- instruments of your of your Holy Spirit. And we make this prayer to you in the words our Savior taught us, praying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. St. Louis, King of France, pray for, pray for us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay. Cool. Um, so I just recorded the prayer. I just, I love that when people are listening in their cars and they can pray with us. Um, so Father Travis Abity is in the house. Howdy. Yeah. Hello, hello. Where's, where's Abity come from? It's French. It's a French name. Oh. Uh, but uh, sometimes we, I, there is a risk of being pulled over or pulled out of an airport line uh, because there's a Lebanese iteration that also exists. Ah. Yeah. So it's a very phonetic simple word yeah so it comes from abba which means dad mm-hmm. oh. right so in the east it just remained abba and then but in the west that became where an abbey is and an abbot so french where it's from yeah. it means of the abbey that's what the name okay so you didn't stand a abbey. chance you were gonna you were just yeah no, it's like i kind of part of me wishes i could maybe join a benedictine monastery <laughs> and if i get elected abbot i'd be abbot 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 
we one syllable <laughs> away from sounding like Porky Pig. It's great. Yes. We were, what were we saying before we got here? Okay, you know that song, um, Blue Abbey. Uh, yeah. Oh, so I was just thinking, yeah. I wonder if anybody I think, addresses him like I think if, Father Abbey. I think the actual lyrics are, if I were green, I would die. I think that's the actual lyrics. I, I was personally invested in figuring out really? what those lyrics actually are, because I'm pretty sure it's not my name. I did. <laughs> but does anybody sing that to you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Good. Oh, so. my goodness. Oh. The, the fun with my last name, like if you can hyphenate my first and my last name, then it's Trabity or Tabity. Um. And then that became in seminary that became tragedy oh, wow. that would be my nickname yeah. tragedy yeah oh that's my goodness that's good for the ego they were ruthless, ruthless. <laughs> okay so that makes me feel a little less crazy yeah I, our um, brains all work the same sometimes i asked father schumacher the other day you you know snoop dogg right you're familiar with hip-hop yeah, yeah. i asked him i said does anybody ever Shoo. say shoo <laughs> You do it. You do it. I'm sure they do. They don't. No. No. That's what he said. He said <laughs> that no. Guy was a, I said I feel like that's a super he was missed so opportunity. Big into fraternity and frat life. I mean, I don't know. Did he share that with you in his in the? Yeah. Interview? He oh, did. Yeah. Okay. Good. He brought good, his good. frat bread. Like, frat buddy with him. To, I was about to press the edit button on that if no. he hadn't shared that before. Okay. Uh-uh. Good. Yeah. He's, he was okay. So. Totally See, frat. No one did that. Clicked with you too. That's Thank crazy. You so, so that's how I dress him now. I never did it. Okay. Next time you see him. Please, next time you see him, I don't know if he'll listen to this, but last time I saw him, he was getting out of Costco, and I was going into Costco. And you know, when you're in Costco mode, you're in Costco mode. You know, it's not really you're you're on a mission. (laughs) Yes, not it's not time. At least I'm on a mission. Yes, some people they wander. Y'all, y'all Costco, y'all Costco. Uh, I love Costco. I used to be, but we live so far away. We just oh, that's don't. excuses. I live in Arneville. <laughs> yeah, that's really. Fun. I live in Arneville. <laughs> I'm Costco. Anyway. I guess I'm not a loyal Costco person. I don't. I don't. I don't know what engendered this loyalty in me, but <laughs> I, I am Costco all the way. The sam- is it the samples? Is it no, like- no, no, no? The samples are just pure temptation, and so I'd stay yeah. away from those. So it's, yeah. Uh, no, it's just uh, it's yeah. The prices. Um, the quality. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll go. I'll go. I think I can go and say this. It was. A, it was a price of a handle of Maker's Mark. That's there you what. Go. That's what uh-huh. got me okay. I was like, "There's got to be." But then something. there were other discoveries that kept me on. Right. Yeah. So sure. That's what. Yeah. Maker's. That's your. That's your jam. That's one of them. Yes. Yeah. 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 Somebody yeah. told me about the chick. There's a specific chicken nugget that tastes just like yeah. Chick Fil A. Hundred percent. You have those? Up. I have a boatload of them. I'll bring them. <laughs> I want some next mm-hmm. time you go to Costco. Of course, you have a boatload of them. You got them from Costco. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly right. And, and it's all the paper. I think we found the uh, sponsor for this episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> might stop by right after this. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. When are you going back? Maybe we could tag team them together. Oh man. Uh, I do need to go back. Uh, I'm trying you, to get yeah. some. Uh, I'm trying to get some short ribs, actually. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I like to cook. And, I was about uh, to ask so that. I'm, my dad's birthday was about a week ago, and I've been owing him some braised short ribs. So that's what I'm gonna try to do for him. I've done it before. Uh, but actually, uh, Father Chris Cambry and I we cooked a meal for the bishop and a few other priests, and uh, we we made braised short ribs, and mm. I think. We might have our pick of the litter next time we're up for uh, for, for parish assignments. You know, I, so. love that. <laughs> oh, I see where that's going. It was that good. No. Okay. No, yeah. Well, hey, you know what? I might have you name that tune and make us some short ribs someday. Oh. Yeah. I'd like to. I'd like to have you prove that taste test. <laughs> All right. 
Um, <laughs> my first experience of you was last week. So oh. um, I, you know, I, I'd never seen you in person before. But I went. I attended my first fet at the dish last oh, week. Oh wow! And wow. Um, when we got to Arnoldville, yeah, uh, <laughs> they were doing a French rosary. Yep. So we came from Leonville, oh. had the French mass. Um, I love that. I love to go to mass because I knew what was going on and what they were saying, mm-hmm. but not actually what they were saying. Yeah. But then we get to Arnoldville, and you're we're doing a French well, rosary I, not, there. I was doing parts of it. I would lead the mysteries, and I mean. I've done it before, but I, I'm so rusty. It's not where I, how I usually do French, uh, do my rosary. Uh, so I have a dear, dear parishioner, uh, Candide, who was really leading that Hail Mary yes. and the Our Fathers. And I would just give the reflections right. between the mysteries. Uh, but no, Candide, she's precious. Uh, she, uh, she actually just, uh, had her first child. And oh. so, yeah. And, uh, we, we had the joyful mysteries and that can be a particularly poignant set of mysteries mm-hmm. for someone who's just had their first child, especially, you know, the mysteries on the presentation of the temple. Mm-hmm. See, I gave you this, my child and, yeah. and find, <laughs> finding yeah. the child in the temple and losing the child. And so it was, uh, and then the heat, the heat, the I don't know heat. if you saw the dripping off of me and uh, the when, fact that the thing was soaked. As soon little, as I could get the sweat out of my own eyes, yeah. I was able to see a little bit. But yeah. before you guys even started the rosary, you were on the mic and you go, you're the, I mean, so many people were there. So beautiful. This is in a this church? This is our, our outside. 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 Oh, on the, oh, it we're was outside so all day. outside. Oh, so so outside. Um, so I started at St. Martinville at 430, got cool. to get in the mobile confessional and cruise to oh, cool. Leonville. Um, but cool. there's no AC anywhere ever all day. Like, yeah. There's just no air conditioning. So we get there and um, you get on the mic and you say, parlez-vous français? And there's this huge, and he goes, nope, me either. And, then, <laughs> <laughs> and I started cracking up. I'm like, oh man, I can't wait for him to come over. This is going to be fun. No, me either. <laughs> Thanks. So even though your last, your last name was French, where'd you grow up? Oh, goodness, all over. So my first home was Sunset. and uh, Okay. But uh, I come from an oil drilling family. Okay. And so everyone, mom, dad, older brother, younger brother, everyone is in oil. So we moved around quite a bit. Longest, before I came to Arneville, the longest I ever lived in one place my entire life was four years. Whoa. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going into my sixth year at Arneville. So wow. it's like, I'm getting a little wow. stir crazy now. It's like, oh, I'm not. Used to living in one place for so long. Wow. Four years where? Uh, oh, well, uh, so I, I was uh, four years in Sunset. It was four years in Karen Crow. I was four years okay. in Katy, Texas. That's where I went to high school. So oh. I was, yeah. And then I went uh, after high school in Texas. Uh, I went to this really small college out there. I don't know if you, it's out in College Station, uh, Texas A&M. I don't know. No, if you're a tiny yeah, it's just a few, you know, 63,000 students, you know. That's it. Gosh. <laughs> Lame. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what did you study? Mm. I started off mechanical engineering because like, this is what my parents do. And um, I really like the theoretical side of things so much. So I, I ended up switching my major over to physics uh, just because I'm a nerd and just mm-hmm. math and whatnot. And it really helped my discernment into priesthood at that point. <laughs> so I was two yeah. years at a and like, you know what? That's uh, we were going into uh, quantum mechanics. Like, uh, you know, the Trinity might be easier. Yeah, it's like, actually not. The Trinity is still actually more difficult than quantum mechanics. Because you I can at least get to a 
resolution, right? I don't even know. No, not, no, the not Trinity, with quantum. No, not oh, with the oh, Trinity. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, quantum <laughs> mechanics. Yes. Yeah. You get to a probability. That's yeah. What you get to, you get to a probability. Yeah. And that's all. That's all that is. And so it's like, oh, I guess that's what it is. Yeah. But, you know, Trinity. Trinity it's not like, is ongoing. It's not like, oh, maybe it's the Father, or maybe it's yeah. the Son. No, it's always the Father. It's always the Son. It's always the Holy Spirit. But it's just one God. Yes. It's just one God. Not three <laughs> versions of God. Just one God. Maybe we yeah. should edit that part out. Jesus because Trinity. No, that's brilliant. Because <laughs> it is. It's so simple and so confusing. Yeah. <laughs> so Very you good. stayed there for two years, really, and then discerned out? Like you went to seminary after two years at a right. Yeah, yeah, two years at A&M and then went over to uh, uh, St. Ben's. That's where I started the whole seminary trek. Yeah. Before College Station, was there a time in high school or when you were younger that you had the inkling you might be called to the oh, priesthood? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was, I was actively discerning uh, priesthood my senior year of high school. When right? it made you, like, learn about what your last name meant? What? what? Oh, no. No, <laughs> no Texas, what, they don't know how to pronounce Abity. They have no idea how to pronounce Abity. Uh, but, no, they were, there was – that's – Katie's within the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston, and they had a policy of not accepting people right out of high school. They just don't do wow. it. Um, so you mentioned we had you had Deacon Michael mm-hmm. uh, Vitrine on, and um, I, yeah, he was accepted right out of high school. That's pretty common nowadays, but back then, uh, just listen to me, back then. Back, back then, old, back in the old back days. In the, work way back <laughs> when I was upon the seminary. You're not old. How old are you? Uh, think I'm only I just turned 37, so no, you did. I did. I'm older than you. Oh, hot dog. Oh, hot dog. You're no, you're not. I, I am. Well, you, go ahead. I'm 39. I'll you be 40 ahead. in December. What's that like? I want to know about that. <laughs> I want Disney or we did for Disney World to celebrate early oh, 40th awesome. birthday. That's yeah. Great. yeah. Because I've definitely woken up in the middle of the night thinking <gasps> I'm about to turn 40. Has that, has that happened to you yet, or? I feel like I live on that. Oh, like, you live on it. I live on it. I'm like, I'm about to be 40. Oh, my gosh. I think it hits me every day. I'm about just, to be 40. And, and then I'm like, I don't even feel 40. Yeah. I feel like I still look young. You definitely don't look 40. No, well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think it's because I remember thinking when I was younger that 40 was old. And so now mm-hmm. that I'm coming to 40, I'm like, oh, my gosh. it's I'm at the stage where yeah. I remember my parents at 40. Yeah. So it's just that whole thing is weird. Well, then you look back at, you know, folks that age. Like, I was driving through the UL campus earlier. I was like, man, what are all these kids doing in college? Didn't they be still in high school? I like, oh, wait. I looked that. I did. Yes. I once looked that. <laughs> You're too young to be in college. Oh, wait. No, I guess that's. That's the age you look, isn't it? <laughs> I know, right? Because the college kids, especially like guys, always looked so much bigger to me. And then now that I'm older, just same as you, I see them walking on campus and I'm like, y'all look like you're in high school. Yeah. yeah. But it's because we're so older. We're I think, just older. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I don't think it's the way they've changed. Like, no. Yeah. Yeah. We look that way. Yeah. Yeah. We look. I was way. on campus this morning. I totally thought I fit in. Well, you I mean I didn't. Did. I just had a backpack on. <laughs> <laughs> when I was in college, when I was in college, I was my freshman year. I spent it in uh, ROTC, which is a big deal at A and M. That's the uh, Corps of Cadets. Oh, okay. So um, I looked mean my oh, freshman yeah? year high yeah. school. I looked like 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 either this guy has been abused or he's about to abuse <laughs> someone else. 
Like this is just that was just a look, you know, just this constant days look of mix of terror and anger on your face. We're gonna have you we're gonna request that you send us a few pictures for the yeah, I, episode. I, I've only been able to find one photo of me and um, oh, and, somebody's uh, gotta have and, one. Uh, yeah, it's like this old torn up student ID. So I don't. Yeah, mm. I've I've scoured Facebook and it's like oh well. There's nothing no evidence of that. No evidence, yeah. <laughs> so, where do you fall in line? You have brothers, you said. I do. Uh, I have a younger brother. I uh, had an older brother. We lost him about five years ago. Oh, sorry. Thank you. And then we had. I uh, do have uh, two step brothers. So my mom was remarried, and so they live up in in Pittsburgh. Oh so, wow. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. We got them all over the place. But my younger brother, Jake, he lives uh, out there in Youngsville. Okay. Yeah. So close by. Yeah, if any listeners are out there and they they saw some Jake Abbotty, uh, uh billboards for a political office, that was, that was my brother. Oh, really? Yeah, so he ran for city council. He lost. Oh, we're sorry, that Jake, Jake. I just, I just, I just announced, <laughs> publicized your lose, your loss again. <laughs> Would you give homilies on that too? I should. That's a good idea. I haven't yet. So now that you mention it. Sorry, I mean, Jake. <laughs> I mean, I feel sorry for anybody who's named Jake because I always want to say. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm giving him this episode. I can't oh, wait to give him this. Maybe we'll give it to him early. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all didn't let me finish. Because every time somebody says Jake, I want to say, with State Farm? Yeah. Like, oh, You just yeah. can't ever be Jake. Just Jake. See, it never registers that way because the Jake with State Farm commercial just registered to me as oh my little brother you know oh yeah yeah, yeah. so never yeah. that's hilarious yeah that's i like y'all's relationship though just from the way you talk about him oh i love that guy the competition he knew i was going to become a priest before i did really and he's not he's, he wasn't even all that much religious he's like oh yeah yeah, yeah. okay well let's talk about that did you grow was your family um super duper catholic, catholic? no not at all not no. At all. no i wasn't even baptized catholic i was baptized episcopalian oh wow up there at epiphany in uh Opelousas. Oh, that's where I grew up. Oh, cool. Very cool. Epiphany? Epiphany, yeah. Epiphany uh, Episcopal Church. Wait, that's right off the main track. I think so, My yeah. mom worked there for like oh. 20-something years, and I couldn't remember the name, oh, but very that's cool. it. Yeah. yeah, it was weird. Whenever I look at my baptism, I, I think the priest or deacon or whatever had a um, uh, eye surgery, so he had an eye patch. It's like, oh, they get pirates to baptize <laughs> babies. I mean, I don't... <laughs> I, I for the longest time, like, yeah, baptism is water. You get a pirate. That's what you do. You get a pirate. Does it count if you get a baptized yeah. pirate? Like, oh, how do you Catholic? Oh, you get a priest. That's funny. We get pirates. So we Episcopalians. Oh, my God, that's so. awesome. <laughs> One of the major differences. In those two well, yeah. and ironically, then you have Father Champagne going down the face of the now that guy looks like a pirate. Yeah, He's got the cape on. For real, he <laughs> He's got does. the beard and everything. It's like, is that a priest or a pirate? I don't know. That is funny. It's funny. But uh, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, mom would send us to Catholic school. So I went to St. Natius there in Grand Coteau. Oh, yeah. And then we moved over to Karen Crow. I know it's a big move. So then we went to Karen Crow Catholic. And then when I was in Karen Crow Catholic, I was like, um, hey, I want to receive First Communion. Like everybody else, yeah. And I forget my grandfather. He put he he. I think he was agnostic, uh, so he never practiced. I never saw him practice any religion. He just pulled me aside and said, "Well, son, Travis, you can do that, but make sure you do it for you and not for anybody else. Make sure you're making this choice for you." This seven year old kid, 
says, yeah, doing it for me. Yeah. Wow. Cool. And uh, so I was like, that was an adult decision, but it stuck. Like, yeah. So, Just a little, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, didn't grow up going to church or anything like that. Um, but um, I always knew I needed to. And so when I, it's like, well, I can't. I don't have a driver's license. But at the time, when I got my driver's license, turned 16. It's like, oh, not an excuse anymore. I got to go to mass every Sunday. Wow. Yeah, right. At the time, it's like, well, it's just what you do. Uh, but looking wow. back, it's like, whoa, that's insane. That <laughs> I can't is. believe I did that. That's crazy. You really didn't stand a chance. Oh, uh, yeah, oh, were, oh. Yeah, yeah, you were, like, came your, out of oh, the room yeah. and Jesus like, this dude's going to be a priest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you feel that at the time? Which time? Like, did you feel when you, like, any time between the time you wanted to make your first communion and that was not part of your family upbringing or the time that you were like, I'm going to go to church because that's what 16-year-olds do. Did you ever feel like this is a little different? Yeah. um, Well. The loyalty to it, I guess. Yeah. um, Did I? um, No. No. Um. The sacredness of a woman's influence. Gather with the Diocesan Marriage and Family Life Office and the Light Project for a Mother's Day reflection as we explore the sanctity of motherhood and the impactful influence of women. Drawing inspiration from the narrative of Mary of Bethany, we'll examine the importance of influence, our innate sacredness, and the brilliance of the feminine spirit. Our very own Leah Landry and Christy Fredu will be your speakers at this beautiful event. This one's for the mamas. It's a Mother's Day reflection at the diocese. Register before May 3rd um, on the diocese website. We will plug that for you in the show notes. You can also visit our website, and um, we hope to see you there. Like you were the only person in your family going to church? Yeah. And you didn't mm-hmm. feel like it was different? Well, my family's already weird. Okay. So it's... So he's like, this is like, normal it was a blended, This is normal to be... It's a blended family, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, It's yeah. like... And like anyone out there listening who's been in a blended family, it does not look like the Brady Bunch. Like, yeah. It's just, you know, a mess every turn. And so... Yeah. There's nothing, you know, but like every other family, right? So we're yeah. all weird in our own way. I was a big old nerd going through high school. So yeah. still am. So... So where did you go to high school? Uh, At that point, where were you? Yeah, it was a public school. So James E. Taylor uh, High School out there in, in Katy. Katy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Was yep. it is it uh, in vogue to be Catholic in Katy? Well, no, it's not in vogue to be Catholic in Texas. I mean, it's it's Texas. not it's not a Catholic state. Uh, we got we got of course a pretty strong population among the Latinos, but mm-hmm. um, it wasn't it wasn't nothing. Nobody was anti-Catholic. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 it, just, it was just one other, and as a matter of fact, so I got confirmed there in Katie, and that was Epiphany Catholic, and so I got no baptized way. Epiphany Episcopal, and I got ping. confirmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, neat. that's a little God thread. Yeah, that's the Holy Spirit. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he does that. He does that. He does so, show off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I love, I love the Epiphany image. Uh, that's one of my favorite feast days. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay, so, so you make your confirmation. Mm-hmm. Is that is it the same? I'm guessing in Katy or in Texas where you do like CCD classes. Yeah, so um, I wasn't going to CCD. I was in a public school, and so I just knocked on their door on my own. I'm like, wow. "What do I do?" And it's like, "Well, you haven't been going to CCD, so you need to do this CCD thing." So over there, CCD at that time, back in the day, was this whole <laughs> program called Life Team. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. Which. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah. Which still totally exists. <laughs> yes. <laughs> still around. Uh, as a matter of, anyway, that's a whole okay. other thing. But um, um, so I did life teams. Like, this is great, but I need to study more. What do I do? So I didn't pick up the catechism or a Bible. I picked up this uh, Catholicism for Dummies book. No way. Yeah, that's what I read through, Catholicism for Dummies. I was a junior in high school reading through Catholicism for Dummies along with Lord of the Rings. No, I just finished Lord of the Rings. I was such a nerd, such a nerd. Like, like my idea of a fun time was playing an all-nighter for a physics test. Like, that, that had so it. much fun. Oh, nerd, nerd, nerd. Like, can't. Can't like, love being the best that. people on the planet. I don't know about that, but I mean, you can. There's definitely ends. Like my eighth grade year. So my eighth grade, I went to Edgar Martin. I don't know if anybody went. I'm Didn't sure there's someone that? listening to Edgar mm-hmm. Martin. Somebody but, listening. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. For sure. So I was top of my class AR accelerated reader and and had scored a perfect score on the math leap test. Oh and so wow. the kids found out about it, and so all the popular kids were then inviting me to the parties because I was tutoring them. <laughs> In their math. It's and like a movie. It, it's like the big, I lived middle school Big Bang theory. Oh, yeah. You know? I, not that you I'm. Were, yeah, it might have been based off your life. Who yeah. knows? Well, I think it worked out a lot better for me in eighth grade. <laughs> yeah. I like to say I peaked in the eighth grade. Oh, it's, yeah. all been, it's all been downhill <laughs> after the eighth grade. <laughs> I peaked there oh, and then I'm gosh. going, it was just going down after that. Oh, so, man. But, uh, but yeah, that's how I spent my junior year, uh, just kind of studying, uh, the faith on my own. And then, yeah, the summer between my junior and senior year, I was looking at, well, what can I do? I was like, golly, I kind of like the idea of being a lawyer. I could be like the rest of my family, become an engineer. Um, teacher sounds good. And then like this idea, why don't you become a priest? And it just, just like lodged itself right in my brain and wouldn't, wouldn't leave. And, um, so yeah, I started discerning for the arch uh, for the archdiocese of Galveston, Houston. They said, "Well, we don't accept anyone straight out of high school, so why don't you uh, pick a college to go to?" I saw that there were slightly more women than men at Texas A and M, and really, really wonderful women. Uh, There's wonderful women. Obviously, I'm sitting with two of them right now here wow. in, in Acadiana. But but it's like if I don't find a bride while I'm going to Texas A and M, then I must. Must be called the priesthood, which is the worst way. I love that he's just cool off the probability of finding a, a girlfriend. He's like, okay, I'm a super nerd. I'm gonna go to A and M. That's where the chicks are. Um, oh so no, that, they do. I think they do that. The Dwight Look School of Engineering <laughs> is right, right, right next to the School of Education. Perfect. So all the uh, engineers are going to Dwight Look School of Engineering. All these prospective. Fiancés are going Fiance. to the school of education. No way that that wasn't intentional. Yeah. So oh my goodness, that. no. Intrigue. <laughs> so, yeah. as an intellectual, no. Would you? The, what was it's the very liberal? <laughs> it's very liberal use of that <laughs> category. When, as a nerd, just call him a nerd. Ordained, as a nerd, which is going to be the title of this since, episode. Since I've been ordained a priest, I've read so little. I, I doubt that I'm I'm literate any longer. I I, I don't know how to read anymore. I, <laughs> I've read so little since. Not scoring any error uh, points. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> totally confessing here. Okay, so, yeah. so as a nerd, mm-hmm. you're reading Lord of the Rings and studying physics and. Oh, back then, yeah. Back mm-hmm. then, yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. never had this. I guess maybe this is a stereotype in my head because I'm not a nerd or intellectual um, in those typical ways. Did you ever like look at Catholicism and have like 
all of these questions or was yeah. it just this the simple accepting of it because it seems like you simply oh, just accepted no, it no no no, no. no, no. Is that yeah. what intrigued you about it? Well, no. Well, I knew I was Catholic. I made I made a commitment to be Catholic, so that it just always stuck with me. But then, okay. yeah. But but then I made, um, but yeah, no deep deep questions, and um, you know that's one of the great beauties of going to a school like Taylor um, and sitting at the nerd table. You know, I have one guy who's literally from China, and he's atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, another friend of mine is Jewish. Uh, another friend of mine, uh, Ibad. Ihab, Ihab, he's he's Muslim, um, and so I'm just just constantly exposed to this vast array. And these are my friends. These aren't just yeah. people I kind of know. These are my friends. These are who you have lunch with. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and here you are with your Catholic for Dummies book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Uh, as a matter of fact, such a cool for Halloween one year, I dressed up as a rabbi, and my Jewish friend dressed up as a priest. That's love what it. we did. That's that's, that's what we did. Absolutely. Wow. So, oh yeah, we would talk about faith. We would talk about religion, and so uh, yeah. Was, and I and I wasn't always, I wasn't invested in trying to convert them. I was just invested in having a conversation. Mm-hmm, and so yeah. um, I wasn't invested in apologetics or anything like that. Um, take it or leave it for whatever that's worth but um and so i had lots of questions so one of my favorite things to do in high school was to go out and walk and i would walk and i would talk to guys like god mm. you know you got this bible thing and it's pretty crazy i have a hard time <laughs> believing it but i can't just dismiss it without reading it yeah so lord i'm gonna start reading this thing and if i just give you permission to do what you're gonna do i'm not gonna dismiss you offhand I'm going to give you a chance to move in me and do what you're going to do as I read this thing. And um, he moved. You started at the front? I did. I mean, I no one told me, you know, start with John or, you know, these other spots. You know, I was like, yeah, where else are you going to start? Genesis is a fun read. It's a fun read. Yeah. Um, You know, Exodus is a fun read. Leviticus isn't bad, actually. Um, When does it really start to just Yeah, numbers, numbers. I was about to say. (laughs) Leviticus it's, is getting well, close. It's the, it's the names. It's the names. And then, yeah. um, well, I don't know if y'all did uh, uh, Bible in a year. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I yeah. did. I Not didn't the whole finish. thing, but yeah. yeah, I've heard of it. Well, if you think those are hard, just, he's right. Wait till you get to the prophets. Like, oh, yeah. man, this is a slog. Yeah. yeah. But it's beautiful. And, and, you know, if you're listening to it in a prayerful, open way. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I did. Uh, I, I was like, oh, yeah, this is God's word. This is it's messed up, man. This is messed up. And I had the grace to see, well, why is it messed up? Well, because we're messed up. Yeah. You know, we're messed up. Hard. But this is God's word dwelling among us. This is this is God's word. This is what it looks like. Until, of course, God's word actually did take yeah. on flesh and dwell among us. You know? I was about to say, when were you fully bought in? Yeah. Like you're reading, mm. you know, at the very beginning and you're like, okay, this, is, this is crazy pants. Um, well, this is, and, and I took this with me now that I, you know, prep other people for confirmation there was this exercise they did with us where they just took the 12 uh 12 uh articles of faith which is just the apostles creed right Mm -hmm. and they they put each one in in question forms like well do you believe in god do you believe that jesus is god do you and i just said check 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 yep yep Mm -hmm. yep yep i was like holy crud i'm i really am a catholic this is yep (laughs) i believe it Oh, and, man, uh, I checked all the boxes. Yeah, I was like, oh, well, this, I mean, it was a very definitive part for me. Yeah. And we had a really wonderful confirmation retreat. So, uh, well, confirmation and the whole process of being confirmed had a really profound impact. And then, you know, actually, Texas A&M has a very, very vibrant Catholic community. Uh, when mm-hmm. I left A&M in 06 to enter seminary, 
There were 13 other people that year, 14 total, leaving either for seminary or convent. Really? 14 people from Texas A&M. That's beautiful. Leaving for a vocation in one year. Amen to that. Wow. Okay, A&M. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Don't, uh, I've never been mad at that. Probably (laughs) would do our hearts a lot more good if we dismissed our football team earlier in the season we weren't so attached Uh, we're we're, this time of year we're just all aggies everywhere just bracing we're just bracing ourselves for disappointment i i I can't stand it when tigers complain about the teams like y'all how many national champions have y'all i mean how many national championships do you have yeah stop stop yeah you don't know you don't know. <laughs> That's not how champions think, though. I understand. Yeah. That's fine. I have no patience for it. Yeah. <laughs> Zero. Are you, are, you, are you a competitive guy? Uh, I, I guess I could be. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and not, probably not in a healthy way, which is why okay. I don't engage in too much competitive stuff. Yeah. It's probably not not good for my Do you my play relationships. sports? No, I do a lot of, um, um, like, sports. Does running count as a sport? Sure. I don't. I don't have a hard time counting that as a sport because it's not really competing against anyone. I mean, it's races, but you're always just competing I against to say, yourself. Ask that question to Usain Bolt and let's see what he says. <laughs> sport, um, so you, but you just like to run. That's what you like. To well, do. I, now it's more calisthenics. I like to do a lot of calisthenics and all that. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, side note, real quick. You're kind of here because of our. Mm-hmm. Mutual homegirl, Michelle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My BFF. Your BFF. My BFF. No, she is. No. How like, did y'all meet? Cause so I... let me first say, so it was my birthday. It was the weekend before my birthday. And uh, I call up my mom. It was after, you know, after mass. And uh, mom, oh, where are you going, hon? And I said, well, I'm going up to Eunice. And she says, without missing, oh, you're going to your other family. Oh. <laughs> <She's>, <laughs> she knows. Like, everyone knows what That's the, so what the recharts are for me. So, and Michelle, yeah. Oh, gosh. She has my heart. We interrupt this program for Father Patrick's Pun of the Week. My mom said I should do lunges to stay in shape. That would be a step forward. She knows me. Yeah. That's I know awesome. her. And it's awesome. It's, you need that. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I need that. We all need that. I we all agree. need that. Yeah. So Michelle's awesome. I've I, only known her for. Yeah. How many? Two months? Maybe. Yeah. Father Matt Abear, Coach Father right. Matt actually Father reached out to us. Yeah. I think in a group text. And mm-hmm. he, they were like, hey, he was like, hey, um, I really think y'all need to meet my friend Michelle. Um, She's got so much to offer. You know, she's just always looking for good community. And I think y'all would really like her. She's like a really holy human. And she's got 10 kids. And I go, please don't let her text me. Please don't let her text me. Please don't let her text me. I told her this. I think my response was, this is the most Catholic thing I've ever heard in my life. I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, was just I, heard, I heard y'all's interview with her over at Steubenville. Oh, nice. yeah. It's a pretty interview. Oh, you've listened? I have, yes. Thanks, man. That's very cool. We want to get her on for oh, a real great. interview because I know she has a lot more to share. Mm. But... Mm. She's the one who broke the mold for me because I just oh, thought, yeah. like, she is the version of holiness that I would never be able to live up to. Mm. And so we sat down for a call. Mm. She ended up randomly, the Holy Spirit told her to text me. She had no idea which mm-hmm. one we were. She just picked my number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
and texted me, and she was like, both both start with K. (laughs) Yeah, we'll start with K, and then we go A R. I don't know how I made it. And she's like, let's go grab coffee, and we stayed for like two hours. And I was like, (laughs) oh my gosh, I love this woman. She's so authentic and not at all who I would have thought a holy person with ten kids would be. Like, that is totally my junk. You know, it's totally my junk. But, um, so, like, just the Holy Spirit has used so many people like Michelle in this, like, we call it sneaky Jesus way, Mm. where you meet them and they represent everything that you, like, want to run away from or Mm. are scared of or intimidated by. And it's so not at all Mm. what you Mm -hmm. want. And then you're like, okay, well, maybe, maybe I can be holy. Maybe I'm not afraid of that word anymore. Mm. Maybe... I don't need to be like uh, forming judgments about what that represents, you know. And it's beautiful how he does that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's always very surprising. He's funny too. He's got a great sense of humor. Kayla says that all the time. time. (laughs) I mean, there's just no way he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. He has to. Oh. Yeah. With me, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, there's no way I'd have bought into this. <laughs> if we're being totally honest, you know be. how he go- He gets to us the way he knows he needs to mm-hmm. to bring us in. And mm-hmm. so for me, it's that. Yeah, it is. Humor. It's funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. So back to you. So while <laughs> while you're studying and um, confirming and all of these things, is anyone else in your family? Joining the bandwagon, any of your friends? Are you flying so low kind of in this? Oh, in high school, uh, yeah. Uh, for a little bit, <laughs> golly, yeah, we might need to pass this by Jake before I say too much more. <laughs> uh, how do I put this? Uh, Jake was required to go to church. I won't mention by what authority, but he was required <laughs> to go to church. And so for a little bit there, Jake and I were going to church together. Uh, but... Uh, and actually, we weren't even going to Catholic church. We are going to the Baptist church. Okay. So what I would do is i go to the Baptist church. Like, well, this is fun. You know, lots of fun music. And mm-hmm. then i go over to Catholic mass. Mm. And it's like, or I think actually may have been reversed. I don't know. There was also a really cute girl at the Baptist church. That, that <laughs> she helped, she helped my attention. Get she helped that. attention. Yeah, that was a weird. Yeah. Yeah. She was cute. So. I did that in college, too. I think, I think that's all right. All right. I can say that. She was cute. Yeah. Is that okay? Oh, I don't gosh. know. It's like. It's like what? What? How can we say? How can we talk about? What's the safe? You how know, can we, we live talk in about that. how we're human. Yeah, okay. hmm. someone's <laughs> well, attractive. I'm they're attractive. Like the woke, like the woke uh, culture. I'm not like, worried about people know. that are look. If oh, this is hears, not. Oh, okay. This is such like, a. Y'all are so good at this. Turn by us the way. down. Y'all make this yeah. so easy. Y'all are great at this. But this room is very distracting. No, it's great. I love it. It's <laughs> well. It's like it's no matter what you where you put your eyes, you're putting it on something worthy of your attention. That's great. Oh, that's awesome. What it. a compliment. Wow. Huh? Really? Yeah. Thanks. Um So a little distracting. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> that's a kind way of saying. <laughs> no. <it. laughs> no. <laughs> I can relate to that too though because the guy that I was attracted to that I thought was really cute in college who is now my husband <laughs> grew up Baptist but went to Catholic school and um and college was very formative for my faith because no one was Catholic. And mm. so we would sit in my living room. This is like my introduction to like these reach rich and deep conversations about faith because mm. all of the guys that we hung out with were like baseball players. They all lived in our apartment complex and some sorority girls and all of my friends, we would just talk about how we grew up and what we believed and why we believed what we believed. And so it was this kind of like friction of like, well, why do I believe that? Yeah. And so I went through this stage of like questioning and then 
fell in love with my husband who was Baptist. And I think because we loved one another so much, he would come to mass with me and I would go to Baptist or Methodist or whatever. But I always felt like I have to go to Catholic church. So no matter what, I'd either go on Saturday or Sunday, but I had to go because it felt like church, like home, you know? Yeah. Uh, It wasn't like it's better than it was just how I felt the end of my week needed to be. So I can even see kind of like that commitment that you talked about, um, which was formed in me, I guess, a little bit differently because I did grow up in a Catholic home and that was like essential for us to Mm. go to Catholic mass. Mm. But it's funny how he uses those things too, you know, to kind of anchor us in certain ways. Because I could totally see how I would have potentially changed my Mm. um, denomination practice if I wouldn't have been rooted in it, which is totally fine. But fast forward two years ago, my husband became Catholic. So now we get to Wow. Walking that together, and Beautiful. it's so rich and so good. Yeah. So now we yeah. kind of have those conversations yeah. of, yeah. why do we believe yeah. that, or yeah. those yeah. kinds of things. Yeah, those are beautiful relationships, and I still uh, have um, some very dear relationships that you know are outside, and I need those that are, don't share my Catholic faith. Yeah. And um, just to be questioned and to grow. Um, of course, you know, obviously, uh, we want to receive the fullness of the Christian faith. And we do believe and we profess unapologetically. Oh, yeah, well, not that we Catholics get it right. Yeah. Biggest problem with the Catholic church is the Catholics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amen to that. Amen to that. I'm kind of wore my amen shirt today. <laughs> oh my gosh. But, uh, but the graces we receive and, and of course the sacraments and the, just the, the faith, uh, the, the certainty in our faith, all precious precious gifts but to have that without it ever being tested by those we love especially those we love um it's like gosh yeah. it just almost feels like it's missing something like we need we need that other perspective mm-hmm. it feels that way so. would you consider yourself to be like independent Ind- independent like oh just my my own way of yeah like your own disposition of like not necessarily needing affirmation from your family or your friends to it oh, seems like that to me. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe because I was the opposite. Oh yeah, growing up. Yeah, kind of, kind of need, needed that. Yeah. You felt like you oh that. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um. Hmm. You know, I've been very blessed. I've I have never needed it because it's always been given to me. I've always mm. been blessed with precious family and friends who've mm. never failed to let me know that I'm loved, and yeah. so I haven't. Yeah, I'm 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 uniquely blessed in that way, so I'm very grateful. For That's that. awesome. So. Yeah, I had a very loving family too, but for some reason it wasn't enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like that empty hole. I think. Well, again, God uses that yeah. our personalities and our yeah. whatever we go through or whatever to uh, yeah to say like, hey, it's not going to be enough. Well, sure. I have to be enough. Yeah, well, I think we all we all face that it's not enough in different ways. Mm-hmm. Whether it's just oh yeah, this is great, but I want more. Or, hey, this is great, but boy, this is also really broken. This oh, yeah. is all really broken. And I, I also grew up with an awareness of the brokenness, you know. Like I said, my parents divorced when I was four years old. Mom and dad, just great, great people. But, you know, there's brokenness. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, my mom's just beautiful soul, has been honest about her brokenness and just this lovely lesson there. Um, so, well, God, Lee, who gets it right then? Who, who yeah. on earth gets it right? Yeah. Well, of course, you know, the divine. 
you know, so that's who you have to go to. Mm. So I think, yeah, I think there's different ways to that. But um, yeah, just the thirst for the infinite. That's also powerful, powerful stuff. Mm. Mm. That's good stuff. Mm -hmm. If you could say, and if you would be willing to be on, like so honest to say, what was like in your, in your journey in Catholicism and learning about that, what was some of the things that were really hard for you to grapple with about the faith or about a practice or about a belief or whatever? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mary's always, you know, anyone who's trying to uh, come in more deeply into the faith, it's always, you know, really? is she that big of a deal? Yeah. Um, <laughs> she is. She is absolutely that big of a deal. <laughs> but you gotta, yeah, you gotta fall in love with Jesus first. Yeah. And, um, and only then do you have the space to see uh, Our Lady. And uh, so, so there was that. And then there's just the whole man-made thing. I mean, the church mm -hmm. is so dang institutional. I mean, it is really institutional. Um, I still grapple with that. No, <laughs> no, I really I do. do. I, 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 yeah. I think we always do. Yeah. yeah. But don't you think that that's a beautiful thing? I think we can consider ourselves all in the same generation. So I'm mm -hmm. going to make some assumptions in saying this. Mm -hmm. But I think that's the gift that our generation is bringing to the church mm -hmm. is this honesty of the imperfect and the brokenness inside of the church. Mm -hmm. Don't you think? Because uh, people to. need that yeah. realness. Yeah, we. I think we have to um, be very honest about that. I mean, yeah. my goodness, just just considering what the church, um, some of the abuses we've we faced. Mm -hmm. I mean, just at that level. But just even, oh, goodness gracious, I look out in the church and someone's looking at someone else in the church, like, well, what? Girl, why are you looking over there? Look, look, look over here. Don't, yeah. don't, don't make that person feel uncomfortable as they're coming to church. Just yeah. you know, there's that and. Oh man, that brokenness just comes in so many different forms. Um, and then, yeah, then there's the institutional side of it. I definitely don't envy our bishops. Um, God bless them. God bless them. Um, because I know I mess up enough times as a pastor and, uh, boy, are we human. And so it's, it's, mm, yeah, yeah. It's a and human yet, institution. It's very human. It's very human. Mm -hmm. Then again, God became human. So there yeah. it is. So does it make it any no longer a divine institution? Yeah. It's still divine. How yeah. can it be human and divine? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> God became human. God took on flesh. There it is. So. Ooh, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a short answer there. It's a great answer. Mm. The Mary answer is very... Um, universal or yeah that's know. pretty frequent yeah, yeah that's very frequent that we yeah. hear that sure. sure i struggled with it too and the saints mm -hmm. i mean just oh yeah i've only really been back into the the hood of catholicism <laughs> for like less than two years wow um, hey. and so um i struggled with mary too quite yeah. a bit yeah. Until, like you said, once you really learn to love Jesus, he's like, well, you like me. Wait till you meet my mom. Yeah, you right. Know, like, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. beautiful. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I talk yeah. to her now all the time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. and she's great. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Oh, It is so true, though. Like, when you love someone, you want to love what they love. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes me love the traditions of the church now mm -hmm. is I think about you all the time with your dad. I think I've said this before, but it's been a while. Like when her dad passed away a couple years ago, mm -hmm. um, I could see how much she wanted to honor him mm -hmm. and the things that she did. And even when he was alive, like Bible study was the reason it was her dad, that reason that she started Bible study. And that's how mm -hmm. we met. So it's like, okay, if you can love a human that much, 
how much could we, if we allowed ourselves, love this divine creator that created us and this divine gentleman that walks with us mm. and however you look at Jesus, mm. wouldn't you want to love them and what they loved and honor the way they loved through the traditions the way you would your grandmother, your grandfather? Mm. Like one of the biggest regrets that I have with my grandmother when she died mm. was not gone there. She introduced me to coffee, but like not gone there and learning how to cook like she did. She yeah. made the best fried chicken oh, and she loved yeah. to gather people and mm. cook for them and watch them eat. And I wish I would have learned to cook from her because then I could have passed that on to my kids. Yeah. And so that kind of culture that we have here with yeah. our, our mamas and our, and the rosaries and all the things that we talk about frequently makes me realize like, we want to keep that alive because it keeps them alive. Mm. So that's what the Catholic Church does. We mm. keep the traditions alive mm. because we believe that that's what Jesus did when he walked the earth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, and, well, and if not Jesus, then then those saints who've gone saints. before us. Yeah. They've they've done before us, and um, and yeah. So it's you know you pick up that rosary and you start having those beads go through your hands and. You know, it's like having Mama's hands. Mama, yeah. Mama's hands in your hand. And <laughs> yeah. then all the way up to having Mary's hands in your yeah. hand. And so it's like, oh, this is a family thing. This mm -hmm. Catholic, this is a family thing. Uh, we're all, all, I mean, every, I mean, to go into the Catholic faith is more than just subscribing to a certain belief. It's, it's joining a family. It's joining yeah. a family. And so, yeah, that's, um, that's a beautiful way to approach it. Mm -hmm. I like that. It's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I think about it often. Mm -hmm. Ponder it. <laughs> um, okay. Who's your favorite saint? Oh, that's hard. Okay. Well, you're really not going to like the next question. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to ask it. That's hard. Um, the, all right. Oh, man. Uh, St. Gregory of Nazianzen. Oh. Yeah, cause, just because no oh. one ever knows who that is. I'm like, is. who's that? <laughs> Go on. He's, he was one of the three great uh, uh, Eastern fathers. Uh, St. Gregory of Nyssa, St. Uh, Basil the Great, and St. Gregory of Nazianzen. He, he was one of the three great Cappadocian fathers of the East. Boy, it's a really long answer. Anyway, one of my favorite things about him is that he was once elected Patriarch of Constantinople, got into that, and said, no, nope, I'm not doing a good job, and he just stepped down. Oh. Yeah. He's like, it's like well, that's a, really, it's a humility. I mean, yeah. it's just like, I'm in this. It's like the most powerful seat. I mean, really... Constantinople at that time was rivaling Rome in terms of authority. And uh, he just was totally not full of himself and said, nope, I can't. No, I'm getting in the way. I'm doing more harm than good. He was trying to oversee one of the Constantinople, Constantinopolitan, say that three times. Oh, my fast. gosh. Cosmopolitan. Cos Cosmopolitan. Hey, whoa. Well, no. Oh, no, no. Speaking of vodka. No, no. <laughs> Hey, Costco. Uh, wait, 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 what's the time on this thing? Maybe you need to edit that out. I don't know. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I was about to ask oh, no, you we're keeping that one. <laughs> but, uh, but no, he's like, well, this, this, this council isn't working, and I think I'm the problem, so I'm just going to step aside. Mm. And I was like, wow, wow that's powerful. And, of course, humility. he's also a beautiful writer. Yeah. So, anyway, mm. yeah. He's probably, gosh, that's a hard question. So, what's your next question? I'm sorry. Um, my next question um, is if you could – enlighten us and create your own personal like Catholic Rushmore. Oh. Right? Like the four most influential people that have formed you and your faith. Who would be on your Rushmore? Oh, wow. I mean, I, 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 I guess we'd have to preclude 
you can't just put Christ among three other. You can do people. whatever you want. It's yours. Yeah, but like, yeah. Ah, uh, wow, wow. If you need some time to digest that, John Paul the Great. Yeah, man. Uh, I saw him. I saw him the Christmas before he died. Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. How did that happen? Um. So, mom and my stepdad were living in uh, Scotland, and uh, so I got a trip uh, over there. And they said, well, Rome's not too much further away. I know you're pretty Catholic and whatnot. Why don't we go to Rome? And so um, I saw him uh, the Christmas of, of uh, 05, and wow. then he passed away uh, a few months after that. Wow. And um, The next year you went to seminary? I went to seminary in 06, yeah. right. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he's Christmas. very cool. It was the Christmas of 04, and he passed away in 05. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. So, John Paul the Great. Um, I mean, I got to put up. Oh, gosh. No, I have to put up St. Elizabeth Seton. Okay. She was also um, Episcopalian, and it was also the Eucharist that drew her into the Catholic faith. Um, and then when I came back home to Lafayette after. Yeah, I thought I was going to study for Galveston, Houston. I went to A&M and realized, no, Acadiana's home. I need to go back to Acadiana. They said, well, you got to pick out a home parish. Like, well, I mean, dad's living in next to St. Elizabeth Seton. I guess I'll pick St. Elizabeth Seton. Totally got just a wonderful patroness in my uh, seminary studies. And so she, she's been wonderful. So wow. I love St. Elizabeth Seton. Um, oh, man. This is really so hard. hard. This is really, really hard. <laughs> oh no just so it, it's Mount Mar- Rushmore has four right yes four okay we'll come back to it we'll come back to this question okay, okay. golly that's, that's really hard <laughs> so we're gonna come back and come is it Gregory close? maybe Gregory knows the answer okay maybe uh, that's what's really hard look it might change tomorrow it might today, it probably where will where you at today probably will. I'm pretty confident it'll probably leave when you drive day. away you'll be yeah. like oh man yeah what was I thinking how did I yeah. forget I mean, I don't know. I, I have to put St. Jean-Marie Vianney. Oh, yeah. You know? He's a good one, too. Yeah. He's the patron for priests, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Did you know parish priests, of all the different groups we have in the Catholic faith, so you have um, uh, Benedictines and, and Jesuits and popes and bishops and whatnot and, and, and lay faithful and, and priests, parish priests. Parish priests have the least number of canonized saints. No. Yep. We have I least, never even least thought about number that. Number of canonized saints. That's bogus. That is. Why? I think I. Well, I could go into that because I know a little. <laughs> Let's thing talk or two, about that a little. Bit. I know a thing or two about what it takes to be canonized a saint. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah. Oh man, I could say so much about that. <laughs> but why prayers priests aren't canonized saints? <laughs> that is so fascinating. Can you <laughs> say so much about it on the microphone or? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, we'll sure. hit it. Let's go. Sure. So you talk about the cause. So, you, so yeah. here in Acadiana, we have three causes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one for Charlene Richard, very well known. Mm-hmm. Uh, lesser known than her is uh, Father Verbus Lafleur. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know that story. Great, good. The least known <laughs> is Auguste Robert Pellafig, commonly known as Nanko. Nanko. And so I'm, I'm uh, what's called the Episcopal delegate to instruct the cause for uh, Auguste Pellafig. Nanko, who lived, he was born in France, but he spent most of his years in my parish at St. John Francis de Regis in Arneville. He was born in, excuse me, in, uh, 1888 and died in 1977. Wow. Another long life. 
long life. Yeah. So, uh, and spent it just in radical love of the Sacred Heart. Uh, he lived in um, a really uh, radical poverty um, um, home about uh, I don't know, 10 by 20 feet, maybe shed really no electricity, no plumbing until the very end because their family forced it on him. Wow. Um, no air conditioning. No, no, no. Um, I feel like that in of itself. In South <laughs> I, know. I mean, I think the only electricity in that house is a light bulb. That was it. That's the only thing you had in that going on in that house. Uh, he was educated. He was an educator. He, he taught. Uh, hmm. So he had a degree, uh, could have done well for himself. Um, chose a life of radical poverty because he either chose to teach for free or because he spent all of his revenue promoting devotion to the Sacred Heart. So he was a great promoter wow. of the uh, uh, League of the Sacred Heart. Uh, and he would do this, um, you know, walking the streets of, of Arneville, just passing out these pamphlets. And, um, yeah, died died uh, in a nursing home in 77. Uh, um yeah, it's it's an interesting thing talking about his life because I mean, especially for me as, as a parish priest, uh, and I I see souls like that yeah. who are just so faithful, so faith filled, and like they come to me for confession. I'm like, I need to be going to you for confession. Like I feel I <laughs> yeah. feel guilty now because you, of your confession. And, but um, and so he was definitely one of those souls. But then you start breaking it open and what he was doing is like, Oh, but he was a little bit more. I mean, he was even just a little bit more than that. Just that willingness to embrace suffering to, mm. he embraced the degree of poverty. He did not have to really did not have to. And he, the only reason he did it really, I believe this is this love of the sacred heart. And, um, it's just, it's just really phenomenal. You know, he wasn't bound by religious vows to do it. Wasn't bound by some order or superior to do it. He just did this out of love. He was a priest? No. He was just a... Lay faithful. Yeah. 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 So, just, just yeah, radical, radical apostleship. Um, so, can you talk a little bit about what takes someone like him, who was faithful, and then potentially shifts him or Charlene or anybody into a possible canonization? canonization? Right, right. So, that's... You phrased that question so well because you didn't ask, well, what makes them saints? Because we know what makes people yeah. saints. It's mm-hmm. the grace of God. It's, yeah. it's going to make them get into heaven. That's what, you know, God makes people saints. Uh, so, right, canonization is, as I like to say, it's putting them on the address book, you know. It's like, you know who to call up. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's really what it is. Uh, it is. I like the that. Yeah. pages, I love it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the judge in that case, uh, as you're trying to, and it is really much like a case. It's much more, very much like a court. It's like a trial, uh, but just not guilty or not guilty. It's just canonized. Should we canonize or not canonize? And the judge is the pope. That, that that's the judge. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's interesting. It's when a pope canonizes someone, he's exercising his what we call ex cathedra authority. So ex cathedra means from the chair. Uh, it officially saying in a fairly dogmatic way Pope Benedict thinks that it was dogmatic but it's it's an infallible pronouncement that this person is in heaven and their intercession is effective Mm. so we're going to incorporate them not only in our devotion but even in our liturgy you know so that's Mm. that's the goal that's what you're trying to do right is um so you got to prove to the Holy Father that his life is worth imitating. He's, he is a good example of the Christian life and that his intercession is powerful. 
And that's when the miracles come in. Oh, okay. That's when you need the miracles, right? So is that typically kind of what happens is there's some healing that happens. And so someone from the community may say, like, they go to their priest and they say, this needs to be looked into. Like, how does the dust get yeah, kicked so up? Yeah, it's, so it's not – so it depends on the uh, – the, the person, the servant of God that we're talking about. Okay. Uh, so that's what, when, when the cause is open, um, it might be because miracles were formed. Uh, that's certainly the case with Charlene Richard. Yeah. I mean, her case is just really well known because of all the miracles, mm-hmm. but it just might be because of the example of their life. You know, Father LaFleur, I don't know of many or any miracles associated with him, but oh. the way he gave up his life, he laid yeah. down his life for his fellow countrymen. Right, says something. In the case with Nanko, it's just the family knew automatically that, okay, no, we're not praying for Nanko when he died. We're praying to Nanko. Mm. Like, like they would automatically start going to Nanko and they just knew this was a holy man. We're going to continue to ask Nanko to pray for us. Mm-hmm. I see. And so, so you have all these realities. So what happens is, is then, yeah, so there's some, faithful the lay faithful who look at this and say no we're going to continue to look at this person we're going to continue to have a devotion to this person on their own you know and we're going to continue to to really it's like hey we need to talk to someone about this (laughs) and so what they yeah then the person to approach a priest and then the priest will say yeah you need to talk to the bishop about that so then they're going to go to the bishop escalated yeah well so at that point so the people who are really invested in this person, they didn't take on a special role. It's called the petitioner. Okay. So Charlene Richard has her organization. Father Verbus Lafleur has his organization. We have the Nanko Foundation. Um, and so they, um, they've been, poof, they've been knocking on the bishop's door for a while. Mm-hmm. Most bishops are hesitant to do it. Because it's they just don't know right. what the process is. Like if I go to the bishop and tell him, "Hey, bishop, what should I do next?" He's going to, "I don't know. You right. figure it." Right? Yeah. So it's <laughs> it's like most bishops just don't know how to engage in this process, and so that was the case for a while, until they came across these special groups of folks who tend to live in Rome, who are very proficient in this process, uh, called a postulator. An postulator is pretty much the lawyer, the canon lawyer, the priest lawyer that represents the petitioner. Okay. And so then it's the postulator who does his work to convince the bishop to say, yeah, no, this case, there's something to this case. This mm. is doable. This okay. is doable. They put together a, a official request to open it. It's called Labellus. Now we're getting into the weeds here, but once the bishop receives the request, then he, he establishes a tribunal. Mm-hmm. It really is the bishop's job to receive all the evidence, but the bishop's kind of busy. Mm-hmm. So he finds someone else to do it for him. And that's this and that's guy. And that's you. Okay. That's this, that's this guy. So I don't represent the petitioner. I represent the bishop. Gotcha. And I'm, I'm, okay. I'm overseeing, not to make a judgment because only the Holy Father makes a mm-hmm. judgment, but I make, I make the judgment to say, okay, have we received all the evidence that it weighs in on this case, both for and against. Mm-hmm. So like whenever I ask questions, like I only, I have to be in the room. The only person who can re- replace me is the bishop mm-hmm. as far as what is done in the cause. Okay. Uh, Cause I'm replacing the bishop. He's not really, anyway. Uh, so um, I have to ask questions both, you know, we, Hey, tell me how holy Nanko was. And also what kind of threw you off about Nanko? Was there anything disturbing about Nanko? We got to, 
ask both those questions. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, gotcha. Did you yeah. study canon law at all? All priests study a little bit of canon yeah. law. But no, I'm not a canon lawyer. I'm like, what is? what am I doing here? <laughs> so there's this other guy. So, okay, just like in a trial, you have the one attorney for one side. That means mm-hmm. you need another attorney for the other side. Sure. We do. This is where the phrase devil's advocate came from. <gasps> no way. Yeah. So the other guy, if you got the one guy, the postulator, yeah. trying to say that he's a saint, you got the other guy trying to say he's not a saint. Devil's advocate. Come wow. on. Yeah. So and that's a canon lawyer. That's definitely a canon lawyer, big time canon lawyer. Yeah, he knows a lot more about. Canon. And both now, of these no, guys reside in Rome. What's that? The, both of these guys reside no, in Rome. No, our our. So we don't call him devil's advocate anymore. We call him promoter of justice. So because he's promoting the justice of yeah. the church, we don't want to uh, canonize someone unduly. Yeah. So yeah. no, our guy is uh, is a local priest, but very well versed. He actually worked in Rome for a time. For what's called the Roman Rota, which is kind of like the Supreme Court for the church. Wow. Yeah, so this guy knows how Rome works. So he's our promoter of justice. So I okay. lean heavily on him and say, mm. okay, what do I do now? Yeah. <laughs> what's what's <laughs> next? <laughs> I know, huh? Devil's advocate. Yeah, that's crazy, so huh? cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Man, the more you know, huh? The more you know. The more you know. Gosh. Yeah. So what exactly are we saying when we say... Um, we believe, or when the Pope says, we believe that this person is now in heaven. No, that's not, not that we know now. That's not what, like whenever not, someone's canonized. Yeah. So it's not that he's saying he's now in heaven. Okay. It's not like that's what makes him go to heaven. Right. It's like, <laughs> no, no, no. But right? that he so is. Now, so we, I don't know what the promulgation is. Uh-huh. Uh, it'd be interesting. I could look it up, but I'm sure it's something to the effect of, we are assured that this person is not only in heaven, uh, but that his life is worthy of imitation as an, as an example of Christ, gospel living, and that his or her intercession is powerful. And so we also promulgate that they be included in the liturgy, right? So that's important. Like when you okay. include someone in the, for, for example, so the Fete Dieu de Tesh, I got a request. Well, can't we put some of Nanko's relics? On the boat with all the other relics. Remember the big boat of relics? I do. And I had to say, well, first off, uh, he's not a saint or beatified, so they're technically not relics. Right, yeah. That's the first thing. So you can't call them relics. just body parts. Just body parts. Secondly, it is strictly prohibited that we treat him as a saint or blessed before he's beatified. Can't do it. It's strictly against the rules. Cannot do it. And thirdly, we don't have any bones. So, yeah. No, wait, like, if you want to put them on somebody else's boat. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No. That is one thing. Put them on somebody else's boat and call them something else. But yeah. I don't know if I will ever. Yeah, the bone thing. Understand that. Yeah. I think well, it's, it's weird. Bible. It's from the Bible. I just think it's okay, weird. Okay, but if we can, if we have these saints that are essentially chopped up into different parts yeah. and spread all over. Why is it so important as Catholics for us to keep our bodies together sure. when buried. we're buried? Yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, uh, so for us, to answer the second question first, for us, it's the resurrection. It's our belief in the resurrection, right? Okay. And so because of that, we believe that our bodies, not just our souls, but our bodies are sacred and so should be placed in a sacred place, okay. right? Um, okay. When... <laughs> Saints are chopped up in some Except the world. for here, are they are they being still treated in a sacred way? Are those remains still being treated in a sacred way? Yeah, they are actually. I mean, right. here's hope. Well, no, no, no. I mean, either that most of the time, actually, so where the practice of relics came from 
was to place it underneath an altar. Mm-hmm. Now, there's no more, other than the tabernacle itself, there's no more sacred place on earth. And this goes back to whenever mass was celebrated in the cemetery, in the catacombs, mm-hmm. right? And the, the altars were the tombs of the saints, yeah. right? The tombs I of the I got to have mass in the catacombs. Oh, and... what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nuts. Um, so I'm with you. I just yeah. got back. So I know that all, yeah, most right. of them are, yeah, yeah. Right, right. But, but even if they're not Makes placed sense. there, then they're placed in a reliquary. I mean, you know, they got a okay, nice wait. boat ride in the fate So you're Tesh. digging up, let's just say... 300 years from now, it's your St. Travis Abbey, and we're what? Going to dig up whatever's left from your coffin, and we're going to spread your bones? Well, we will. Or give your bones to holy places? Well, yeah, we'll we'll use the bones in a venerable way. We'll use the bones to to either either to help in the consecration of an altar Mm -hmm. or to help in the veneration of the people as Mm -hmm. they seek your intercession. Uh, Yes, right. Okay. Whereas, so for example, we also have the practice of, you know, someone's cremated. It's like, can I put some of their cremains in my little vial and wear it around my neck? It's like, well, it's a beautiful thing. But then what happens after you die? And what happens to those cremains when you're done with those, with those? I mean, they're still sacred. I mean, is it really, whereas with the relics, we're not placing them around our neck or something like that. We're, we're, we're posing them in a, them in a reliquary and a holy place. So they're still in a holy place, mm-hmm. right? So that's what the cemetery is. A cemetery is a place, say, holy, sacred place for people, not only that we're praying to, but also we're praying for, like we don't mm-hmm. know if they're still in purgatory. Whereas a saint, a bone fragment is like, oh no, this one's in heaven. This one is heaven. This bone <laughs> is a piece of heaven. Yeah. You know, this bone is, is making it all the way. I know it's weird. I know it's weird, but it's, I don't know. Like that's just what. That's how tactile our Catholic faith is. Yeah, no, it's just yeah. A very I love, tactile. I do appreciate that. that. Yeah. yeah, I do appreciate that. But can y'all go back for the people who have not been to Rome yet and explain what y'all are talking about? So the mass in a catacomb. So the so the catacombs. There's several. I hope I get this right. If I remember, this is such a whirlwind. Um, <laughs> but there's several different catacombs. So it's basically cemeteries. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and some are underground, and um, some are massive, and huge. But yeah, just yeah. the this is. A cemetery, essentially. And so you go down basically into a cave, if you will, and you kind of navigate your way through the different, I'm going to call it halls of the Mm -hmm. cave. And in the walls Mm -hmm. are like, I like to think of it as like little bunk beds, like little Mm -hmm. bunk bed tombs. Mm -hmm. And so they're wide open Mm -hmm. and it's clay. Mm -hmm. And inside the clay, it's like it's, it's enough space to fit a body. Okay. So we bury people in coffins and six feet under the ground mm-hmm. over here or, you know, in the mausoleum or wherever we put them. Mm-hmm. But back in the day, mm-hmm. this is where they would lay the bodies. Yeah. Um, and so it's like you can walk down this little hall of this cave and there's three stories, mm-hmm. right, of uh-huh. bones. Mm-hmm. So why do we have mass in there? What do we believe about? So in the earliest days of the church, I mean... Like when right after Jesus died, early church? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, early first three centuries. Okay. First first three centuries before the age of Milan. I think Christianity was, was an illegal religion. You could celebrate, many did uh-huh. celebrate mass in people's homes. Okay. But where there was radical persecution, you needed more space, more pay, place to gather, they would go to the cemetery. Why? Because that's where the Christians who were killed for their faith, that's where they were buried. Oh. So... We were literally and and killed for the faith. That's a martyr. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. That's a saint. Yeah. yeah. That's a saint. As a matter of fact, 
it was the saints in the early days of the church. Well, that's all of us. We're all saints. Mm-hmm. We're all baptized saints, right? So that's mm-hmm. that's how St. Paul would talk about us. If we were talking about the people who were in heaven, you just call them the martyrs. Mm-hmm. You're just the martyrs because that's, you know, that's how they, that was your ticket to heaven. Just you died for the faith. Yeah. And so these catacombs were filled with people who had been killed for their faith and filled with martyrs. And so mass would be celebrated on the bones of these martyrs. Which also kind of is the thing that we talk about with Mass. We are celebrating with those in heaven. Right? We're bringing heaven to earth. And you know, even if you look at one of these Sorry. Book of Revelation, uh, this image of, of heavenly worship, one of the, the altar, underneath the altar, are the martyrs. There's that image ah. in the Book of Revelation that underneath the alt- altar of God are these martyrs crying out to God. So that's why when you see incense at a mass, yeah. if the priest that's why will, they're going around the altar with the not incense? only around, but he's also trying to do <gasps> incense underneath it. underneath the altar as well, because that's where the martyrs are, and their prayers are their being prayers risen are going to. up. Wow, I feel like we could do three years worth of podcasts just about the mass. Oh, easily, yeah. I wish yeah. we could do that because I just think there's so much we don't know because we take it for granted and we've been ingrained into it. Yeah, we just is like we just go. Well, golly, when I went back to mass on my own, I totally pulled the Britney Spears move, you know, where it's like <laughs> shave your head. I don't know these Worst words, so I'm just gonna mouth. Oh. <laughs> you merely say something. It. Yeah, yeah. And it's like <laughs> okay, I think it's the Lamb of God. Then they do Agnes Day. Like, what is that? Oh no, I'm just gonna Britney Spears. I hope Britney Spears doesn't listen to this podcast. But I'm just gonna lip lip sync the mass from that, the mass parts. I don't do that. Uh, as a priest, yeah, like so. I said, I'm okay. This idea of a Millie Vanilli behind the scenes. <laughs> I'm only like less than two years back at mass, so I was st- like, uh, that was me for. Mm-hmm. It's still me some days. Yeah, sure. It's funny. Yeah. I can't do that because when I try to do that, then nothing comes out. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, so yeah. They're, they're they're expecting that's me to speak. That's why I have the book. Yeah, yes. The book. That's why I get to read exactly what I'm supposed to do. Um, I do find myself mouthing along to you guys though when you're yes. reading the book. Oh yeah. All, Sometimes every day I'm I like, just want to say to I'm such a group. Okay, I do have that. I do have a question. Um, Is it against best practice to hold hands and raise your hands during the Our Father? Yeah, uh, and that's some dicey ground right there. Okay, no. um, Okay, it's against best practice. Can you play devil's advocate (laughs) and petitioner on that? Yeah, right. So, I mean. This praying like this, and we call this the Oron's position. Yeah. So, for those of you who can't see me, <laughs> yeah. uh, I have my hands out, uh, you know, uh, lifted up, uh, as you see the priest doing very often at Mass. Um, that's a powerful form of prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, I encourage you to do that. that that's a beautiful way to pray. Yeah, beautiful. It's also a sign and symbol for when the priest does it of lifting not only his prayers, but the prayers of the entire church up, mm. the prayers of all the people up. And that role is unique to the priest whenever he's celebrating Mass, right? Mm-hmm. So that Oron's position actually means something very concrete when the priest is celebrating Mass. And it's, it is it is unique to the priest. So if you'll notice, when the priest is in the Oron's position, even the deacon next to him is not ever in the Oron's position because the deacon doesn't have that role in the church. But if there's other priests who yeah. are also kind of celebrating, right, they will be in the Oron's position because okay. they do have that role, right? So it's something that's that's unique to the priestly role. Okay. okay. The as far as I understand it, the genesis of our modern practice of, of holding hands at our father started off with 
an invitation for everyone to join in the same Aaron's position, which again is a powerful, wonderful position. I encourage you to pray it, but within the mass is unique to the priest. And so there was a kind of a poorly grounded sense of the role of the priest and the faithful within the mass. And then, well, if everyone's holding your hands out next to each other, what's the next thing you do? It's like, oh, let me grab your hand. And so, uh, and that that's where that came from. Right? Oh, so it's just very organic. It was a kind of, well, the I think there was an encouragement to everyone go into the Arman's position and then um, see how I talk with my hands. Yes. See everyone listening on podcasts <laughs> right now, this? how I talk with my hands. Um, but um but but right, I think that was encouraged first, the Arman's position, and then that became... Uh, holding hands. Let me also just say, when I was going back to mass in high school, I was a teenager, and it is profoundly awkward as a teenager to hold hands. Why? Because puberty is full on, and those <laughs> things are sweaty. It's like it's like you you know you go into the Our Father position. You're just wiping your hands on your pants, trying to get, trying ready, to get ready for the Our Father. And it's like man, I just. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't want to do that. I just want to pray the Our Father. I'll just put my hands in my pocket. I just, it's like, nope. <laughs> Mm-mm. Okay, so, well, that's helpful. Okay. That's very the best helpful. teaser video I've ever shot in my whole life. That's the Holy Spirit. That was very divine. Thank you for that image, Padre. Um, man, I know. We have to wrap up, but okay, I can ask all right. the mass questions. I actually would love to have you back on to, oh. like, what would you do that? How fun would that be for a Lenten mini-series? Mm. We can talk on. about it. Lent's a little busy. <laughs> no, 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 no. We can record me, way before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let, me, uh, let me send this uh, Nanko cause off to Rome. Ooh. Off to uh, Papa Frank. Can I say Papa Frank? Sure. Okay. I love what that. What is that? Yeah. Papa Frank. Pope, Pope Francis. Frank. Oh, Papa Frank. Papa Frank. I thought you meant like Papa Top. Papa oh, Frank. Oh, oh, <laughs> Like what kind of drink is that? <laughs> yeah. Papa Frank. Yeah, Papa Frank. It's like, it's like Papa Benny. Papa Benny. <laughs> It's like Papa Benny you talking about the Holy Father. Or I'm going to take some Benadryl. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, oh, Did we ever finish great. his Rushmore? No, he's okay, two more. You got two more, and then let's. Oh man! Well, no, you have one more. Okay, so I, right? I kind of think I just went with Gregory Nazianzen. Oh no! And no, I went. Vianney. I went Jean Vianney, and of course John Paul the Great and Saint Elizabeth Seton. Okay, so um, it was four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Love that. It's beautiful. Now I feel bad because it's like there were St. Anthony's huge. Look, you can have Saint an honorable Augustine. mention. I don't want to do that to this. The saints don't care. They're, they're fine. They're in heaven. I was about they're to say, I'm they're fine. They're with Jesus. Oh, man. Yeah. They're way better off than us. I don't think they're like <laughs> keeping tally marks on how many rush no, they've made from this really, little local really podcast. Yeah. Could not care less. <laughs> uh, if they did, JP2 and Therese would be winning. Yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Therese. I know. Flower. So many good ones. You know what? But she gets. Trez, you're good. You're, yeah. you're good. You're good. You're fine. Sorry. <laughs> That's awesome. This yeah. is so good. Um, yeah. This time flies by so fast. I know, mm. man. Um, what about, do you have a go-to Bible verse that you're kind of leaning on right now? Or just generally speaking, um, um, maybe a favorite? Hmm. That's a really great a question. verse of the week for us to, to marinate on next week. Yeah. Um, I just recently discovered... Um, rediscovered um, Colossians chapter 3 verse 8 which is St. Paul's condemnation of using bad words and um, I've been I've been ruminating on that a lot uh, so that's been helpful to me so you can you can look that one up everyone and, and see for a fact that St. Paul explicitly condemns using 
dirty words. <laughs> You're welcome. You cuss words? Yeah. I literally, when I woke up this morning, I'm like, I need to go to confession. And that is the one thing that just keeps popping back into my mind. I don't know why it just, it's like sarcasm for me. It's, it's like breathing is, it just rolls right off my yeah, tongue. Like, no yeah, problem. This is this, and St. Paul says, nope. Nope. Three, eight. It says, but now put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and foul talk from your mouth. I know. Oh! <laughs> now, if that's not the Holy Spirit, if that's not clear. <laughs> my gosh. Unreal. Oh, man. Why? Uh, uh, do you cuss a lot? Oh. I know. Why is it so <laughs> It's the French in Ask Ask Michelle. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Oh, man. Oof. I'm going to try to give it up for Lynn again. You know, golly, it's, a, it's such a hard question. The Oh, man. What's well, a hard question? Do you... the, the favorite verse. Favorite verse. Oh, it's... well, you just gave us a great one. Oh, okay. You're welcome. Yeah. You don't have to think that. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? I, think I said that one work. Okay, Colossians three eight. Stop <laughs> using that bad words. <laughs> Not even just that. I mean that that verse covers a good bit of stuff that we all need to stop doing. Oh, mm-hmm. you Thanks, should. Saint yeah. Paul. Oof, oof. Colossians uh, three one through I think nine. <laughs> There's a whole lot of list in that. It's yeah. like, oh no. <laughs> just, yeah, all right, little humans. I think what he's trying to tell us is we need to use that before we go to confession. Maybe yeah, like that's that's a little examine. Great examine. You could. No, I think you guys are fine. Oh, that's a whole other podcast. Uh, I bet. I bet <laughs> most of the things on that list, other than the bad words, you guys are y'all. I bet y'all are innocent of it. Okay. Gosh, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm scared to look it up. <laughs> like we're going to Colossians three once, right? No. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. What else? Anything else for the people? Any any other amens you'd like to drop? Oh, um, ah, oof, amens I'd like to drop. I no, I'm you, I, you know, come lot. see me. Come see me at St. John Francis Regis or St. Catherine of Alexandria in Ironville. Love to have you guys. Uh, we just reopened our adoration chapel. <gasps> That's right. So, on Monday. Yes, last we week. did it August fifteenth. So it's uh you can come twenty four seven if you want the code. We'd be happy to give you the code. But we have exposition going on right now, actually, uh from seven AM to seven PM on Thursdays. Uh and so um yeah. Um yeah. Oh man, and you have the the vocal stylings of Laura Huval in your parish, which is beautiful. We do. We get yeah. we're blessed with her at the eight thirty AM at St. Catherine's. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. We have five masses at in Arneville, so wow. most of the time you just vocal stylings of Father Abbotty. That's it. I mean, I think something. we all need to pray for our parish priests since we know that Amen. not an, enough of them are canonized. <laughs> yeah, did you even answer that part of the question? Oh, I think it's because um the bishop is always responsible for uh, opening the cause. Yeah. He's and like, well, um, I just. He wasn't my favorite. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> Gave me some trouble. Yeah. Troublemaker. Yeah, it's like we yeah. had enough trouble just trying to bury him. I don't I think we're done with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I hope the bishop doesn't listen to this. <laughs> we're trying to get him on. So let's go. Oh, hey, yeah. Great. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you hear it. You hear it in here again, Bish. We'd love to have you. Did you ever think about being anything other than a parish priest? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. physics. Yeah. I was, no, no, yeah. no. Like uh, in in the church. Oh, like in, a, a Franciscan. Oh, or... oh, 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 oh. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think all of us, especially go to Saint Ben's, think about becoming a monk. We've I, heard that before. Yeah. Um, I've definitely thought about joining the CJCs. Uh-huh. Um, that's Father Champagne's order. Um, 
But then as far as just different roles, it's like I was really afraid to become a pastor, but now once I'm a pastor, I don't, I'm good. You're good. I, this, is, this is it. What this year were it. you ordained? Uh, 15. 2015. Okay. So. so you're seven. I'm a seven-year-old priest. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a great year. Yeah. 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 That's when most of us, if we do leave the priesthood, it's that's that's a pretty drag. Year seven, around year seven, year ten. So this is this is where we, yeah, pray for me. (laughs) Yeah, we're gonna be praying for you. you. I feel like it's the same with marriage. You know, seven year itch. You gotta like that. That's right. That is a thing, isn't it? It is a thing. Well, good. We're yeah. so grateful for you to come. Thank yeah, you for thank taking you so much. And thank you, Michelle, for making the connection yeah, for us. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. She's thank you. Awesome. Y'all are great. Keep up the good work. It's a beautiful podcast. Y'all are so thank good you. at this. Thank you so much. Oh, That's the Holy you. Spirit. Yeah, yeah. that is. Yeah. We're very yeah. lucky that we get to do this. It's beautiful. Awesome. Okay, well, y'all have a blessed week. Thanks for tuning in. All right, peace. Bye.